We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How was that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? doing everybody welcome to episode 120 of the underage packers podcast i'm joey and joining me is uh nfl insider uh who we can are not allowed to comment on why he is labeled as an nfl insider but it's nfl insider big b how are you oh i'm doing absolutely phenomenal my e my ego is absolutely through the roof right now and i'm enjoying every second of it so Um, i'm doing great I'm sure of it. So, uh, yeah. today, to uh, I would say to preview this Eagles game, but um, that's not really the case. We talked mostly about why the Packers suck. A lovely chat with the one and only Ryan Wood. Man, Ryan has been one of my favorite folks on Packers Twitter for a long time. I remember following him. This is a, a deep cut for all my folks out there who followed Ryan Wood when his profile picture was the kid looking through the mailbox. I remember that era of Ryan Wood, all right? Yes, I do. One of my favorite Packers writers. So I got to talk to him um, at August at training camp, and that was so awesome to meet him. And now today we have him on the Underage Packers podcast. So let's just jump right into it with Ryan Wood. joined by Packers writer Ryan Wood. Ryan, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us on your mini bye week here. It's great catching up with you, Joey. Uh, and we've seen each other since what, August? Is that right? right? Different times, we would call them. <laughs> yeah. Packers. Very, very different times. Amazing how quickly things have changed. For sure. I mean, I look back at that time in August and I mean, training camp always kind of has this, um, you know, uh, euphoric feeling about the team. There's no worries at all. Um, and that quickly came crashing down. I mean, I, I guess even into October, hopes were still pretty high. But now things are looking bleak in this uh, November month of the season. And I held, you know, I always say I'm the person that will not give up hope until you know the the final whistle uh rings uh when until there's zeros on the clock but uh i gave up pretty early this season i was i was holding on hope until just about um i mean maybe the the washington loss but the thing that i probably would have given up hope earlier or maybe later if it wasn't for the fact that even in those first three wins they did not look like the team we expected them to be out there. So that kind of leads into this question, and this is a loaded one for sure, but Ryan, you, you know, you followed this team every step of the way since January of this year until now. I'm not asking you to pinpoint it on one thing exactly, but, uh, you know, just could you maybe list some things that are due to blame for this disappointing season? Well, I'm, 
thankful that you didn't make me narrow it down to one because that's a fool's errand. I mean, there, there's just no – so many things have gone wrong that to pick out one out of the hat, it, it, it's a collective effort to get to this point. But there's a clear originating start date of their problems. If you're to timeline this thing out, it's St. Patrick's Day. You go all the way to St. Patrick's Day. They, they traded away Devontae Adams to the Raiders. There was a variance of how that might go. There were some best-case scenarios, some pie-in-the-sky thinking, of, hey, they can draft a couple guys and feel like they never lost Devontae Adams, be able to replicate what they – and that's just not reality. The reality is that they were going to struggle. They haven't been able to duplicate that in the passing game. The passing games lack juice. The quarterback has obviously suffered from that. They still felt like they had a blueprint, and any blueprint for this team hinged on, included – a top five defense. As mm-hmm. Brian Gutekind said after last season, a, a salty defense. If you said after Devontae Adams was traded and they reallocated their assets to building the defense, this would be an average defense. This team had no shot at getting to the Super Bowl with an average defense. And that's what they have. Uh, I think go in season, Matt LaFleur said it last week. He, he regrets not taking the bye after London. And for good reason. You, know, you, you go into the season thinking you're going to be a contender. You're thinking you're going to have a death march one way or the other. Week five, London, that, that's brutal. You can either set up that death march early in the season and then rest and get some get a bye, get a Thursday night game late in the season going into Thanksgiving so that you, 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 you're you f- fresh for that playoff push in December, January. Or you can have the death march late in the season. And clearly they, they chose wrong. The biggest problem with that being Aaron Rodgers' broken thumb on the final play of that Giants game and then not having a bye. Aaron Rodgers said, give it, get him a bye. That thumb gets rested. It'd be okay. But then he had, he had to go play the Jets a week later. He had to play Washington a week after that. And it was one after another. And they just never gave their quarterback time to get fully healthy. And you've seen that. So just about anything that could go wrong has gone wrong. I mean, Rich Passaccia hasn't been a miracle worker for special teams. They've had their issues. It's it's a lot of problems that they've been facing. Yeah, you mentioned the loss of Devontae, and obviously just his loss of talent on, on offense is enough. And we knew going into the season, the plan for this team had to be not only, like you mentioned, a great defense, which Joe Barry hasn't produced, but also this offense had to completely change up their MO if they wanted to be successful this year. And whether it's matchup opponent, or just simply Aaron Rodgers overruling Matt LaFleur's desires or anybody else in the offensive game planning room, the plan had to be to mainly utilize Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in this offense, especially because they didn't grab a veteran wide receiver not named Sammy Watkins, um, and they simply have not followed that. Um, So a lot of things you can kind of look back on um, from this offseason – probably say they should have done more there um but obviously too late here now in week going into week 12 of the season speaking of aaron Rodgers and um somebody who reported that his thumb was broken he's going to be a big point of contention like he has for these past two off seasons of will he won't he will he stay with the team will he retire um ryan at this point in time obviously kind of the the thumb injury alters it a little bit, adds a little bit of confusion into what we're really seeing from Aaron Rodgers of is it his age finally catching up with him or is it a combination of that and also the the broken thumb? 
Um, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and his future with this team at this point? Well, let's start with the broken thumb. There's, I, I think if you look at the numbers, there's a very clear line of demarcation for Aaron Rodgers' season because it was the final play against the Giants on the Hail Mary when he broke his thumb. So he effectively had five straight games with a not broken thumb and then had the past six weeks had a broken thumb. And his passer rating has gone from 95.7 to 91.1, so it's dipped about five points. His completion percentage has gone from 67% first five games to 62% in the past six games. So his accuracy has, has dipped. So you can't say there's been no effect of the broken thumb. With that said, identical yards per game, 231 to 230. Identical touchdowns and interceptions per game. It's not been a night and day difference. There's been a difference, but it's not It's it's not like he just dropped off a cliff when he broke his thumb. It, there's been a lot more similarities than, than and, and the variance in, in accuracy even. You know, one, the one thing about his accuracy, it's the short throws. Yep. that you've seen him miss, the, the layups that have been automatic throughout his career. So I think you've seen the thumb affect his accuracy. Aaron Rodgers minimized it today when he talked about just how much this thumb, he said it's the, the, the broken kneecap in, in 2018 was, was worse because you throw from your legs. And, but he, he minimized the impact, but there's been some impact. As far as the future, there's so much we don't know. Yeah, we, we, we just, and it's going to be like this year in year out it's been like this the past couple couple years i feel like the one thing that we come at least very close to knowing he's not going to retire like that that's just that's not happening and the reason the elephant in the room is 59 million dollars guaranteed to play next year i i I know this is you guys are both huge packers fans everyone's got their price i gotta ask you a question if someone someone was i'll pay you 59 million dollars Take all your green and gold, throw it away, get purple, and become Vikings fans. $59 million. Here you go. What do you say? Yes. Where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> you have to. I'm a huge Mets fan. I don't. I broadcast that on Twitter. Someone says $59 million and you're a Braves fan? Okay. I might not like it, but okay. You know, yeah. everyone's got the price. Aaron Rodgers isn't walking away from $59 million next year. That's not going to happen. No one does that. So the question is whether or not he's going to be the Packers quarterback in 2023 or it's going to be Jordan Love. And there's a long way to go in that journey before we know that. I, I, I'd i be lying to you if I said that I, I had a good feeling one way or the other right now. There, 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 we just got to let the process play out. Yeah, and Jordan Love's um, performance internally will maybe play a factor in it. Um but the Packers front office was, I want to say, proven wrong. Um, I guess you could say proven wrong um, in a good way when they thought that Aaron Rodgers' performance in 2018 and also in 2019 was a, a sign of decline um, before he went on to have two MVP seasons, obviously. Um, but it will be interesting to see if and when um, Aaron Rodgers does get benched for Jordan Love, if that does happen this season. Uh, you got to think there are one or two losses from being eliminated from playoff contention. So, um, you know, I, I know a lot of the always hate Jordan Love people are going to hope that he never gets to see the field. Um, but it will be an interesting decision that the Packers coaching staff has to make. Um, 
and taking the focus off of Rodgers um, and staying on the future, though, is um, this team, I've been thinking this past few weeks, there's really no clear path for how they will go on these next few years. Um, they don't know what they have really in Aaron Rodgers, besides the fact that, like you mentioned, Ryan, they're paying him a, a butt ton of money. Um, and other than that, they don't have a lot of key pieces. Um, you know, they have some promising rookies, but there's no, there's not a list of guys that you can point to and say they are the future for this team. Even Kenny Clark, who is relatively young, is going to have, what, two or three years remaining on his contract after this season. Um, so, Big B, who are some players that you think are part of this future and really what do you think is the path for these the Packers the next few years? Yeah, well, definitely cornerstones of the defense are definitely Jair Alexander and Rashawn Gary. I don't see them leaving anytime soon. They're both one of the best at their respective positions. And on offense, like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are going to have to keep developing into um, the flashes they have shown this um, offseason and a little bit of this year when they're not injured. But yeah, like you said, it's really hard to really hard to say like where their future is headed. Like it could go into a million different directions, but I don't think they're going to be going into a rebuild with Aaron Rodgers under center. I think that's just a given at this point that front office will not do a complete rebuild. So after Rodgers retires and one to two years, maybe then the rebuild will start happening. Yeah. And uh, one player that I'm really interested to see the future of is Aaron Jones after this year, because when he signed his contract, um, what was it after the 2019 season, there was, you know, a lot of people thinking that um, based on how much he's going to get paid in the third and fourth year of his deal, that is very backloaded. It would make sense for the Packers to get out of the contract after the second year. Um, and now he's not showing any signs of decline. Packers aren't using him enough um, for the talent he is. Um, but it will be interesting to see if they do end up uh, releasing him. I do think, though, that they, as always, work something out uh, with his deal. Uh, Ryan, is there any players or anything you want to add on what the future of this team looks like overall? Well, you know, the the rebuild question, I think that, that that's the decision that this – team has to make this off that's the quarterback decision if they stay with Aaron Rodgers they're not rebuilding if they go with Jordan Love they're rebuilding so that that's the quarterback decision and, and if they go with Jordan Love I have a hard time seeing them getting rid of Aaron Jones he's their best player so yes. I, I have a hard time seeing that but it becomes at least more likely if they go rebuild then you know they, they go Aaron you're not getting rid of your best player you just can't do you figure that yeah. out uh if you extrapolate the rookie class with Romeo Dobbs. He's been very promising for a fourth round pick and went, went healthy. Obviously we all know what Christian Watson just did last week, but if you carry that out more, Quay Walker, when's the last time the Packers had an inside linebacker as talented as him, as athletic as him. And yeah. he swam a little bit as a rookie as rookie linebackers are going to do when they play as many snaps as he's played. And there seems to have thrown the kitchen sink at him and said, here, all these distractions, these bells and whistles, figure it out, read and diagnose. Rookies are going to swim through some of that stuff, but he's made plays and he's got a lot of athleticism. He he's a guy that sure looks like you can you can hang a, a cornerstone on going going forward. 
Uh, we don't know what they have with Devontae Wyatt yet. It, it looks too early. We haven't seen much, but go back to 2016. You didn't see much from Kenny Clark until December of that year. Rookie defensive line, it takes some time to marinate, and he's needed some time. I have no idea what he's going to be, but there's athleticism there. There's talent. There's definitely time to, to let that that maturity and, and that, that development process go. Uh, you, you, you know, Zach Tom, Zach Tom is a fourth-round pick. He's He's had some good moments, you know, so – there, this has got the lookings of, of a solid draft class, which Brian Gutekinds has needed. And, and this is a there, there, there's a core here that they might be able to build build around. But it's just which way are they building? Are they rebuilding yeah. or are they reloading? Absolutely, and I'm interested to see uh, the early moves in this off season that will uh, pretty much give us a, a guide on what the Packers can do, not only for this year or the the next coming year, but the next two or three years as well. Um, and speaking of that, what do you guys think the the first changes the Packers make um, after the season ends, after they get done with their January 8th game against the Detroit Lions? What is Ryan going to be writing about on January night? Um, Ryan, you know, besides, I mean, do you think they fired Joe Barry after the season? be really surprised they didn't. Like I said at the start, any blueprint for this team being a Super Bowl contender this year started, had to include top five defense. And yeah. all those first-round picks, all the pricey free agent signings, they've got the personnel for this. It's there. It's hard It's hard to excuse being an average defense with the talent that they have on the field. It hasn't been bad, but, but it hasn't been near expectation level. And if you're Joe Barry, I just don't know what you take on the – field and hang your hat on like th- this is this is why i deserve a third year because of this yeah. and point to something on it just isn't it doesn't exist it, you know when matt lafleur made the change he basically went from uh, uh this, this, you know an arranged marriage with mike Patton, guy that he inherited guy he was kind of forced to have to a guy that he coached with and with joe barry in in la and, and he knows him this is a friend he's confidant this is my guy and so Matt LaFleur, you know, Joe Barry has that going with, with him from Matt LaFleur off the field. But on the field, I just yeah, – all eyes are going to be on Joe Barry and what they do as defense coordinator. Yeah, I mean, especially Barry's former track record as a defense coordinator is not helping this argument at all. Nothing has changed since his stints with Washington or Detroit, and I think they have to move on. There is so many misuse misusage of personnel that even people on Twitter are able to point out. Um, and, and it's teams have clearly figured this defense out, even with, like you mentioned, Ryan, so many first round picks. Um, and some of that's on faulty evaluation from the front office, like in the case of Darnell Savage, but they have too much talent to be as bad as they are right now. Um, well, to your so, point, to your point, how long did it take, for Joe Barry to move Darnell Savage yeah. when he's clearly sinking at safety in a week before he finally makes the moves so there's no one to replace him with and then Rudy Ford goes out and gets two picks against the Cowboys and Darnell Savage has actually looked more comfortable as just a, a simplified slot role where you just let your athleticism do its work yes you just cover what you got it, it's it's an easier role there it, it's it's way less complicated than safety so to your point yeah, it's it's been a lot of delayed reaction on his part. 
Yeah, if Pac, if the Packers would only listen to Packers Twitter, we would have not <laughs> only have uh, Darnell Savage moved to the slot a lot sooner, but also we probably would have had Amari Rogers pulled from punt returning last year. Um, but hey, Yash right tackle. Exactly. Yep. Just Brian Gutekind and Matt Lafleur just need to always have Sweet Deck open, ready to go, really. Um, and then another question, Ryan. I know you can't see too much with your access, but have you been able to sense throughout this season, and we talked about it earlier, how different um, the expectations were um, for this team coming into the season to where they are now? Has there been a noticeable kind of drop off in, I hate to use such a Gen Z chronic online term, uh, a vibe um, in this locker room? It really hasn't. Um, the thing that you'll notice being in the locker room is that they, they do seem to be very, very aware of where they're at. Yeah, Russell Douglas said today, lose this game in Philly, you might as well start thinking about where you're going to be going in the offseason, make your trips, yeah. uh, book your trips. Because they, mathematically, they, they can't have another loss. Nine and eight, I don't think it gets it done. There were six teams in the NFL last year with nine wins. Only two of them got into the playoffs, and one of them was the Steelers at nine, seven, and one. It's not good odds. Ten and seven does it. If they run the table 2.0, these next six games, ten and seven gets in. They can't have another loss. So yeah. I, they're very aware of that. But as far as the, you know, Aaron Rodgers said today, no one's broken rank. That's pretty much true. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anybody break, break ranks. So there hasn't been any of that yet. Six games to go. Stay tuned. But to this point in the season, week 12, no, it's, it's been about the same that you all would expect. Yeah, it has been interesting to kind of track fans' reactions um, to this season as well. Um, I know when Aaron, it was after the, um, after the Cowboys game, he said, we're not dead. And then I think there was one after a loss um, where he tried, or maybe not tried, just went, and interpreted it as a relax or run the table type quote. Um, and fans were not having it. They weren't going to go along with it um, uh, like they have in past years, but this is a completely new level of bad play from this team. Like I said, I always keep hope. So I've been holding on to this Eagles game um, just because I think back to 2016 where they uh, go out against the Eagles on Monday night football and put on a dominating performance. Um, so I'm holding on hope that this, you know, they're at four and seven. There's a game added to this season more than there was in 2016. So they're pretty much at the same record. Let's go. We're going to the NFC championship game and then getting defeated. Let's do it. There's one big difference there though. And I asked Aaron Rodgers about that. The similarities are there. Cause there were six games to go when they went to Philly, yep. uh, Primetime game in 16, six games ago, games ago now. Both times you knew they couldn't lose the game. It was a must win. He's like, what was that Eagles team? Five and five? Teams nine and one. It's a little different. So I, I'm curious, where, 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 where do you get – is it tangible hope? Because it's hard to see them winning this week. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's that difference of the Eagles are much worse, but the biggest difference in my mind – is that in 2016, the Packers had Jeff Janis. He's not with them Ooh. anymore. So that that changes the dynamic there quite a bit as well. 
but looking That's at the difference, I yes. But looking at this Eagles team here, uh, they're the second-ranked defense. Um, we're kind of hurting from the loss of Jordan Davis. We kind of saw them fill the hole um, as he's been injured uh, by signing Ndamukong Sue earlier this week. Um, the def- they're not going to score 40 points on offense, but the defense will do enough. Um, and Washington simply was able to get uh, hand the Eagles their first loss of the season because of Terry McLaurin and the fact that their defense was able to pretty much limit Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and the other Eagles playmakers. Um, so, hey, unless Christian Watson wants to have a four-touchdown game, that's the expectation we're setting for him now, um, then it does look pretty bleak going into Philadelphia this weekend. Um, but we'll have to see. Anything can happen. Wild well, let me, let, me give, let me give you one thing to, to maybe – one piece of tangible hope here. Okay. What does this Packers offense have to do to succeed? What's like the one thing that they, they've got to be able to do? Run the ball. Exactly. Very easy to see where this Eagles defense is really, really good mm-hmm. and not so good. They're second in the league in pass defense. They're 19th in the league in run defense. This is an Eagles defense that they got to be able to run the ball with. If they're able to run the ball on you, there's a chance. They, 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 there's no chance. I mean, if you go, Aaron Jones goes 12 carries, 40 yards against the Titans. You're not winning that game. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers throws 39 passes. You're not winning that game. You got to run the ball. They should be able to run the ball in the Eagles. So that's where I really run out of tangible hope. But <laughs> yeah, that, the the list is short, but there is a list. <laughs> yes. There, there is a little. There is a very small command hook to hand your hat on. That's that's what we got going. Thanks, Ryan, uh, for giving us hope, and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I look uh, forward to talking to you again next summer. Hey, absolutely, man. Let me ask you a quick question. When are we going to get one of those other uh, media spoof videos? Those things are my fuel during the COVID year. <laughs> there, there has to be content. Oh. So, so I'm, I kind of like I have to go into periods of studying. And then also I gotta I gotta figure out when the time is right. So okay. I would mark your calendar for after the um, the the postseason press conferences when everybody okay. goes up there for the final time. It's great content. I love it. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's always a fun time. It is always I pretty much I have to ask off of work and make sure I have nothing else filling up my schedule because it's it's a night. Um, by the end of the night, I'm uh, sweating profusely from all the editing, all of the audio tracks, um, but it's it it does well every time, so it's it's worth it in the end for sure. It's well, well worth the effort. Uh, your your fans want more. It, it's good stuff. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. That was a phenomenal chat. I hope y'all are enjoying this Packers group therapy. That is this wave of content that we have been dealing with since October, and we'll have to go through all the way until next training camp. But it's great. we got to work through our issues together. Yes. uh, Because Lord knows the Packers aren't going to fix any of their issues. All right. Um, 
I tried, but they clearly didn't work. Yeah, the Big B magic could only last for so long, really. Yes. But that's all we got for you today. Next, uh, we'll see how the Packers do on Sunday, and then they'll uh, head off to Chicago for Week 13 to hopefully move on to 6-7, and and they'll have the bye week rest up a little bit. And then for Week 14, We'll be going off against the L.A. Rams on Monday night football, which the both of us will be in attendance for. So I wouldn't exactly say an exciting stretch of Packers football coming up, but the Packers can make it like that. All right. Have faith, people. Um, Thank you so much to Ryan once again for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you later. As always, go